Hey, welcome to the Agency Blueprint, the podcast for agency owners looking to explore strategies for scaling a truly profitable agency, reducing stress, and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, business coach and contract CFO to agencies. To download a free copy of my international best-selling book, The Agency Blueprint, go to creativeagencysuccess.com. If the 2020 year has taught us anything, it has taught us that it that cash is key to being able to have the difference between a surviving and thriving and avoiding the worst case scenario in some instances. And that sometimes we need to plan for the worst, but strive for the best. And I mean, this, this year, this past year has been uh, challenging for a lot of agencies. And fortunately for me, the vast majority of my clients have been not only doing better than they have before and we're growing amidst a pandemic, but we're just not really experiencing too much from it. And the ones that did initially have impacts from it, we were able to take a look at exactly what was going on and how the agency was operating to allow for them to make adjustments, to allow for them to continue to improve and and do better. And I, I do attribute a lot of that to reporting and to data and making sure that the agency had the information that they really needed. So in this episode, I wanted to talk about what you need to be doing when it comes to a cash flow perspective and how that has impacts in your agency and some of the things that you should be considering when it comes to your MSA as well. So from a, from a cash flow perspective, um, it is so incredibly important that you have an understanding of what things look like in the future. Um, unfortunately, you do have um, a lot of businesses um, that actually do end up failing every year. And what I do find that is even more devastating than a small business having to go under is that sometimes they go under when profitable, which is primarily due to the mismanagement of cash flow and not having the reporting that they need. And please do not suffer the fate of some of these other businesses and make sure that you are looking things at things from a project level, from a whole business perspective, and they're just making sure that you have an understanding of what your business looks like. And so what what really is the case and what ended up happening for a lot of agencies at the start of 2020 and a lot of businesses at the start of 2020 was that they did not have a plan for what was going to happen. They didn't understand their runway. They didn't understand what cash implications were going to be, what adjustments they needed to make to be able to extend runaway for as long as possible to allow for them to not only just get through the the pandemic and get through what was going on and some agencies were impacted greater than others depending on the industry that they served and where they were located and what was going on and how they were set up and the services that they offer all of these different things really got impacted i mean we know we saw a rise in e-commerce and digital marketing But there was strategy pieces of businesses did tend to reduce. Social media obviously increased. Web design didn't happen as much. Traditional media buying didn't happen as much. There was lots of different facets of the industry that were affected. And I'm sure that your agency did have some effect some way or another. And that your personal life, I'm sure, had an effect um, some way or another. But making sure that you're looking at things far ahead enough. And this is the difference between being able to essentially make the true best decision that you possibly can for your agency with the information that you have available and making sure that you are projecting things out and making sure that you're looking at your cash, looking at your business from 
and overall perspective and making sure that you're consistently trying to look for problems that may be coming down the pipe, obviously not becoming um, chained to the potential for problem and over orchestrating solutions to problems that don't even exist in the first place, but making sure that you are predicting and seeing, hey, um, maybe 90 days down the line, there's some invoices that um, had gone out late or there's some going to be vendors that need to be paid sooner than the client's going to pay us. How are we going to cash flow that specific aspect? Which leads me to talking about the cash flows for specific projects, especially larger ones. So depending on the size of your agency and the amount of cash flow that you do have on the sort of swings back and forth of the types of money that you have, whether it be a five ten thousand dollar impact is significant to you or a fifty to a hundred thousand dollar impact and in some agencies half a million to a million dollars is really the amount of fluctuation that they have in cash flow from week to week to month to month and making sure that you have an understanding of what and how this is going to affect your agency and what uh, does happen frequently is that you will see that you have this opportunity that you want to take with a larger brand or with any client and that you don't fully understand the economics of that specific project or that specific job and that you need to consider from a finance perspective how the agency is going to be able to do it. I'm not saying that you should be walking away from large projects because they're all bad. That's not my point. My point is that you need to go into it with your eyes wide open and making sure that you're making the best decision you possibly can be for your agency and making sure that you're doing it um, with as much information as you possibly can and that you're planning for a worst case scenario so that you can actually make sure that your agency doesn't suffer that, even if it does become closer to that, that you have planned for the potential of any possible wrong thing happening with that specific project and making sure that your agency can survive what happens in those, those scenarios. So let's say you are working on a project that is substantial and there's a lot of outside of the agency costs, whether that be vendors, freelancers, whatever that might be, and understanding the net terms from the client and the net terms from the vendors and that you may be delivering the work and that you have 90 days before you get paid from the client but unfortunately the maximum amount of time that you can put out for the freelancers is going to be 30 days maybe 60 days if you're lucky and that you may need to require a deposit from the client in order to allow for the project to make sense and it may not be a substantial deposit. It may just be enough for you to be able to pay the freelancers and not necessarily have the profit from the project, while that might even be ideal, but allowing for you to understand exactly what the minimum number that you need to get in order for the project to make sense. Because what ends up happening sometimes, and I've seen it happen, unfortunately, is that you will end up having one project damaging another project, and you're trying to take robbing from Peter essentially to pay Paul to be able to allow for one project to continue. And then in the end, both projects end up failing because you're not able to meet the obligations of either. And not only did you end up losing that large client that your agency suffered from, but you end up losing another client because you weren't able to deliver on either of those projects. And so in the goal of trying to grow your agency, you ended up losing multiple clients you ended up putting yourself in a precarious position because you can no longer bill for work that wasn't completed. And now you have these substantial debts that you may end up owing. And unfortunately, I've seen it happen before. I hope that hasn't been something that you've experienced. Um, and I hope it's something that you don't experience in the future. But I do want you to be careful in thinking about that when you are looking at your projects, when you're looking at your agency and you're looking at cash flow for your, uh, for your business overall. 
So just, I, I know I touched on it briefly, but just the, the level of importance of just having a projected cash flow that is updated on a fairly regular basis. At the minimum, I would say it being once a month and understanding, hey, this is what my cash balance should be within a certain reasonable margin of error in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 120 days, depending on uh, how frequently you're going to be updating it. And again, I highly recommend at least monthly, making sure that you have an understanding of what implications that's going to have on your agency, how that affects payroll, how that affects vendors, being able to make decisions rather than, um, than just trying to make the best decision that you have with the information available. So I started with a, an agency a, a few years back now that was in some pretty dire uh, financial straits. And unfortunately, the person that was at the helm of finance at the time did not have any reporting mechanisms to understand exactly where cash was supposed to be, when cash was incoming, when cash was outgoing, and didn't understand fully the implications of the decisions that was being made. Unfortunately, by the time they really recognized that things were not going to plan and that they were now starting to, oh, well, I'm waiting for revenue to come in to pay for XYZ and that it's just a timing issue is what they believe for a while. And then by the time they really recognized it towards the end of the year, when the financials were prepped, that they had lost significant amounts of money and no longer were going to be able to meet their financial obligations. And had they had some cash flow projections, understanding that it actually isn't just a timing issue, it is a revenue issue, it is a problem that the agency needs to solve. They could have made different decisions on how they were actually operating, what they were doing, maybe let go of some team members, maybe um, bumped up the level of activity that they had in their marketing and sales so that they can have been able to solve the problem. But they've been able to understand exactly what the problem was in the first place and be able to define that so that they could solve for it. Uh, just to quickly go over, if you don't have someone internally that you can have generate a cash flow report, Here's just a couple of key aspects to um, how to put together a cash flow report. So typically speaking, I recommend it be a week by week cash flow so you can have a bit better of an understanding of how it actually impacts because sometimes you do have some pretty big swings week by week and that it's just on a monthly basis isn't going to be enough and understanding exactly when things need to be paid because unfortunately payroll needs to go out, rents needs to go out, things need to be paid and that uh, you have to make sure you have an understanding of how things are actually going to fall. And um, so obviously one of the top line pieces is when you have collections or incoming money and understanding you're not going to be doing it just based on the due date of an invoice because I'm sure that you've experienced in working in, in your business that not all invoices get paid on time and it may just be a timing issue where the check is actually in the mail or where they say the check's in the mail but it actually isn't. Um, but making sure that you have essentially an average days of pay for each client and understand, hey, what percentage of invoices do get paid 15 days late? What percentage of invoices do, do get paid 30 plus days late? Making sure that you have an understanding of when you should actually expect to have that income come in. And essentially, you want to dust off that crystal ball as cleanly, as cleanly as you possibly can so you can see your revenue coming in as clearly as you possibly can and make sure that you're using true empirical data points and you're not just doing it based on gut but doing it based on what and the activity that that client has been and if it's a new client you're going to plan for uh, it being late automatically and just making sure that you're not planning for cash that you may not immediately get and then make sure that you have an understanding of ap commitments when things need to be paid with your vendors your freelancers and make sure that that's detailed out week by week make sure that if you have planned project expenses as well that you have the information for 
what the expenses are supposed to be for a given project, what your go your gross profit is supposed to be as well, what your weekly payroll is on average if you've got hourly employees, all of those different pieces that actually do affect your overall cash flow and what happens as far as outgoing cash. And then finally, your regular fixed monthly expenses, which is probably the easiest piece for you to figure out is just going through, hey, this is what I have on this day of the month. This is what I have for this day of the month and making sure that you just have all of those fixed monthly fees listed out in, in detail so that you can have them understood on your cash flow and the projection that you're putting together. As I mentioned in this episode, I wanted to talk about both cash flow and uh, contracts. So when it comes to contracts, there's a number of things that I believe to be important. And the first thing that I want to say is please, please, please seek counsel and make sure that your contracts are really buttoned up and that you're having them reviewed regularly at least once a year to make sure that they are up to snuff and that your agency is protected as well as it possibly can be. I know so frequently agencies, especially smaller ones, want to not spend money on legal fees because, you know, lawyers are expensive, but it's worth the money. Um, Definitely take recommendations, find out exactly who you're going to be working with and make sure that they have a good understanding of exactly what and how your your business operates and how your industry operates. The amount of team times that I've seen agencies um, try to skimp on legal costs and then it just has these implications later, whether that be on a vendor uh, contract or whether it be with a client contract. Uh, we'll primarily be talking about client contracts today, making sure that you have them reviewed by legal whether that's a legal um, counsel that you have on retainer that just reviews contracts for you, whether that's someone on the hour, just make sure that you have things go through legal and that you have a process by which things are approved and reviewed so that your agency's protected risk is so big in the modern world and litigation is getting only worse. So making sure that your agency is as well protected as it possibly can be because, I mean, you really don't want to be in a situation where you've been growing and you've been doing well and only end up having your agency truly suffer because of something that you could have avoided. So one of the first things that I wanted to talk about when it comes to contracts is um, IP ownership, intellectual property, and who owns what, making sure that with your clients, do your clients end up owning the IP in perpetuity? Do they end up only owning it for a period of time? Are you allowed, um, are your freelancers, what is, how is the IP ownership there? Making sure that it's all very well defined so that there's no ambiguity there because IP is obviously at the cornerstone of this industry and us being in a creative mindset and being able to create things, um, creating things for our clients is extremely important that we know exactly who owns that IP. Even when it comes to the IP that is created sometimes on spec, who owns that as well? Is it still in the ownership of the agency? Do you have um, the confidentiality in the initial um, initial conversations for your work being done on spec, uh, making sure that you do have confidentialities, NDA agreements that you may even sign before you have a uh, full signed MSA with that client. And what are the agency commitments when you do sign those confidentiality agreements? What is the length of time that you have these confidentiality agreements for? And make sure that your team actually understands what those commitments are as well, because the agency is liable, whether it's the owner that does it, who signed the actual contract, or it's a team member that ends up breaching that confidentiality. If the, if the information was provided to the agency and then somehow is transmitted somehow um, without um, 
but without approval by the client, uh, the agency is ultimately still responsible. So you want to make sure that your team members actually understand the commitments that are being made. Um, this one is a bit of a difficult one because it really depends on the state that you're in, but a hire away clause. And I've seen many, many times, unfortunately, especially when working with larger enterprise clients, that the brand will end up wanting to bring the service that the agency is offering in-house. And the way that they can most easily do that is hiring your team members that are doing the existing work on their projects. And what happens for the agency or for that client are there fees that are automatically owed by that, that client if they were to do that. And But having an understanding and a clause that does define exactly what happens should that happen to protect your agency. If that does um, become the case, you do have to be careful when it comes to non-competes in different uh, states to make sure that you are not doing it um, in a way that doesn't allow for you to be able to collect on it because there's nothing worse than a clause in a contract that is absolutely unenforceable. And then moving on to uh, indemnity and insurance. I am a big advocate for insurance and uh, I like to sleep soundly at night. So I make sure that my, my activities are insured appropriately and I do the same thing for my clients, making sure that they have adequate insurance for the things that they're doing. And I hope that your, your agency does the same thing. Um, and then just making sure that you have a good broker that is in your corner that really understands who you are as an agency, what you're actually doing. I have seen agencies that have had insurance for stuff that they don't do, but not having insurance that they do, uh, not that uh, for the activities that they do have, and really just having tons of open risk in certain areas and then paying tens of thousands of dollars a year for insurance that they didn't even need in the first place. So just make sure that you have an understanding of what it is, the insurance policies that you do have. Why do you need them? Why is it important? What are the uh, exemptions or the uh, the exclusions, I should say, uh, from that policy and make sure that you just have a good understanding. And then indemnity, you want to make sure that in a lot of cases, the agency is indemnifying the client. But you also, in, in a lot of cases, want to have it to be a mutual indemnity because if the client uses the work that you've done in an inappropriate fashion and you end up being named or sued as well, you want to make sure that their activities are not something that you have as a bad implication for your agency as well. So just make sure, again, that you seek counsel, you see exactly what the risks are, make sure that it's within reason and that you are able to understand the risk that you're you are accepting. And then this happens so frequently, um, but you want to make sure that you have an understanding of the work that you provided. So let's say that in an instance that the, the IP ownership of the creative work that you've done is owned by the client. But what if you want to use that work for a promotion or you want to use that work for a case study? Are you allowed to? Are you allowed to only with the approval from the client? Are you just allowed to whenever you want to? Is it allowed to be in a public forum or only in private conversation? So make sure that you do have an understanding of whether you have the right to use your own work for promotion or not and to what the limits those actually are as well. And then uh, termination, which is not a, uh, a thing that is a fun conversation to have, but I do think an important one. And I think that 2020 has highlighted that this is an extremely important provision within your contracts because there was a lot of changes that happened very quickly and a lot of clients had to make some changes uh, very quickly with agency clients of mine and had to reduce spend or put projects on hold. And when those projects are put on hold, they while they may say that, hey, we are going to come back and do them, what is the limit amount of time that they're able to do that for? Are they actually able to just do that with no notice? 
Are they able to terminate with no notice? All of these items have some pretty far-reaching implications because you may have had resource planning out for multiple months. You have to not let go of your team members. All of these different things really do have some pretty far-reaching implications to how your agency functions and want to make sure that you have an understanding of exactly what the obligations are for your agency in the event of a termination and what are the obligations of your client in the event of a termination. I know that unfortunately this is not a fun topic, but it is an important one when you're talking about risk and uh, mitigating risk and making sure that you have an understanding of what it actually truly means for your agency and what notices are really needed. Um, unfortunately, when owning a business, there is innate risk in operating any business, not just an agency. And what I feel to be extremely, extremely important is to do it with your eyes wide open and have a full understanding of what those risks are and how much risk you're willing to take on and what the actual results of that risk could be, whether that's just business risk, whether that's personal risk, what exactly are the total around full implications and make sure that you seek counsel, make sure that you seek the advice of a professional, of an expert, whether it's insurance, whether it's a consultant, whether it's counsel, make sure that you get the advice from someone that you trust and someone that can really help you and your agency make the best decision possible. Thank you for joining us today on the Agency Blueprint Podcast. To find out more, go to agencyblueprintpodcast.com. For links mentioned in this episode, please check out the show notes. As always, go to creativeagencysuccess.com to jumpstart your agency today.